All right, everyone, welcome back to episode eight of the Cause for Joy podcast. So we hope that you enjoyed uh, the last episode with the menly man and men. What there's a there's a TV show that talks about men. Two, is it two and a half men? I think that's what it is. Probably. I don't know. My dad used to watch it. They talked about manly men or something like that in like the opening theme song. No you have idea. no idea. I have no idea, yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Man, another weird Ohio thing, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, we're happy to be back. So this episode, we are going to talk about the feminine genius. So you got to hear from the men regarding the masculine genius. And so we're continuing this uh, two-part series of uh, free to give and free to receive. Um, and now we're going to be talking about the feminine genius. And it's particularly, like, what does it mean for us to be daughter and mother Uh, especially through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary. But uh, before we get to all of that, Mary-Kate is notorious for making fun of me in the way that I say some words. So we just need to clear this up before we start. Why are you laughing already? I didn't even say anything. Okay, so is it wash or worsh? Wash. Okay. What about crick or creek? Definitely creek. Why not crick? Because it's not spelled like crick. But it, it makes sense. No, it doesn't. Okay, well, what about Worcester or Wooster? That I have absolutely or no idea. Or swoosh or swish? Swoosh. 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 How do you say Worcestershire sauce? Worcestershire sauce? Yeah. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah, that's how I say it. Okay. Good, because I know that's one that trips people up a lot. Worcestershire. Yeah. But is it Worcestershire or Worcestershire? Sure. It's sure. Okay. It's totally crick. I don't care what you say. It's totally crick. crick. Yeah, it is. Okay, whatever. So if I ever say crick instead of creek, that's what I mean. It's because she's from Ohio. Okay, but I have my, my mom's mom, so my maternal grandmother. I don't know why I didn't just say that. My maternal grandmother is from West Virginia. So I have a large part of my mom's side of the family from West Virginia. So I blame that on them. Okay? Well, my dad's from Pittsburgh, and he says crick, I'm pretty sure. Okay, there we go. So I'm not a, saying you're right. It's an Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia thing. That makes sense, yeah. Okay, cool. Can I also tell you a dad joke because these are oh, like these have been burning on my heart recently. Okay. So what did the police officer tell the belly button? I have no idea. So the police officer tells the belly button, "You're under a vest." <laughs> okay. Wow. <clears throat> okay, okay then. That was good. You're under a vest. You're under arrest. Come on. I get it, Emma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Okay, another one. Ready? Okay. Well, this is necessary. This is more of just a statement, I would say. So I get hit by a can of soda yesterday. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it was a soft drink. Oh my gosh! <laughs> there is one that my dad. I I told my dad this joke. Why do Norwegian Navy boats have barcodes on the on the side of them? Mm, I don't know. So they can Scandinavian. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I know, right? That's a good one. Okay. Enough of the dad jokes. We are going to jump into the topic. I I just had to share those because I thought they were funny. Very good. Anyways, so we'll jump into the topic today, uh, talking about the female genius. And uh, just wanted to start by uh, with 
with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, Joseph Ratzinger, and if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, you would know that we regularly quote him, so he's a favorite of ours. Uh, we totally believe that he would be our BFF. I'm pretty sure he would totally listen to this podcast. I bet he probably does. Sure. Let's send it to him. Let's yeah. get his address. We'll send it to him. Yeah. All right. So anyways, he writes, he's talking about, uh, really, I think he's reflecting on this passage from the prophet Ezekiel, which we'll read here in a few minutes. But I think he's really referring to just the wisdom that the prophet Ezekiel shares. And so he writes, to renew man, the Lord recognized with Ezekiel that to live this vocation, we need a new heart instead of a heart of stone. As Ezekiel said, we need a heart of flesh, a heart that is truly human. And when we were preparing for this podcast, we just happened to open this book that has a lot of wisdom and stuff by, by Pope Benedict XVI. And the day that we were preparing the podcast, um, like the show notes and stuff, this was like the opening line for the day. And so we thought that it was pretty fitting when we talk about uh, the feminine genius, who we are as female, um, as gifts from God. And then at the pinnacle of all creation, right? And what does it mean to be able to freely give, freely receive? Mm. Um, and that really comes from we need we need a heart that is truly human. You know, I know that Mary Kate, you and I both really honed in on that last part. You know, we we need a heart of flesh, right? A heart that is a truly human. Mm-hmm. And so, in order to fully receive and fully give, you know, we need a heart that is truly human. Yeah. And I know you were greatly moved by that part of, you know, what does it mm-hmm. mean to have a heart that's truly human? So I don't know if you had anything you wanted to to share with that, you know? Yeah, it's essentially, you know, like in order to fully receive from others and to fully give to others, we need that heart of flesh, that heart, that heart is truly human because otherwise we, we're not able to truly give to others um, and truly receive. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in my own marriage and in motherhood, that just really stuck out to me. A lot, mm-hmm. you know. When I think even me as a single person, you know, what does it look like for me to then be able to give and to receive, right? Because mm-hmm. that's at the basis, you know, when we talk about this idea of feminine genius or what does it mean to be female, we are really embracing this free to give, free to receive. Mm-hmm. And so in order to really dive into that, we have to understand our hearts, which is where our soul is at, right? So yeah. when we say hearts, we're meaning the soul and how the soul is really that place of, of life, giving. Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on that a little bit later, but uh, we need this this new heart. You know, we need a heart that's truly human. We need a heart that's able to freely feel, but then also free to give life. Because mm-hmm. like even biologically, we as women are created literally to bear life, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you know that yep. <laughs> better than anyone else in this room. <laughs> you know that better than anyone. It, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful gift though, mm-hmm. you know, to carry, uh, I mean, I can't speak from experience, but seeing like other of my, like other friends of mine carrying a child, right, in their womb and then to be able to give life. Or children. Or children, yeah. Multiple As the case children's, may be. <laughs> multiple, multiple children. No, it's, yeah. it's an amazing gift to be able to house life within you. Mm-hmm. And then when you reflect on that, like, Oh my goodness, God is using me as a vessel to create another body that he puts a soul in. Mm-hmm. And then I have the responsibility of bringing that soul back to him mm-hmm. and raising that child 
to strive for heaven just as we do as mm. well. And and so it's it's an amazing gift and it's something that when I am expecting I often will think of is just how wonderful it is, especially when you feel their little kicks and mm. their movements and everything. It's it's very powerful. And you along with the gift of your husband, like the two of you are creating the yeah. human heart. Like mm-hmm. literally you are giving them a heart that is truly human. Mm-hmm. In that moment you're giving them that fleshy heart. Just like Mary gave Jesus his fleshy heart, yeah. you know? And it's that beautiful image of, you know, here I am living out what it really is to be female, mm-hmm. which is to give life and to give life to the heart, to give life to the soul, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, uh, that's, and also ultimately, you know, working with God mm-hmm. in that, you know, he obviously infuses the soul, but you work with that mm-hmm. to give life then to it, to give it a body, to yep. go forward from which is I you could sit there and meditate on that and you meditate on you know Mary doing that also with with Jesus and it brings to life the incarnation even more mm-hmm. you know and it brings this idea of daughterhood yeah um, and motherhood uh, a totally new meaning just to like back this up with a passage from scripture we'll read a this is comes from the prophet Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 25 to 27 But he writes, basically, this is God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to observe my ordinances. So it's like that just summarizes everything that we were just mentioning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, through the gift of, of God yeah. and, and the Spirit. Our hearts of stone are now turned to hearts of flesh. Mm-hmm. And hearts of flesh are hearts that are full of life. Yeah. And they're able to give life. So, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I often will sit and meditate on it um, because, like I said, it's just this beautiful image of God giving us a fleshy heart in the place of our hearts of stone. And uh, throughout this episode, we'll, we'll also spend some time talking about like how our woundedness uh, really puts up a barrier to, uh, to being able to receive not only the grace of God, to receive God himself, but to receive others. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's male or female, but just to receive others, even friendship, relationship, whatever it may be, yeah. how that puts up that, that wall. And so... You know, God takes out this heart of stone, gives us a heart of flesh, but he doesn't just, you know, leave us with open gaps, but Mm -hmm. he fills us with his heart, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, he's molding us into the heart that he wants us to be. So, and I think for us as women, it's so crucial uh, because we so desperately want to be cared for, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, I know when we were preparing for this, you shared like that really also hits you. It's like that wanting to be protected, you know, wanting to be cared for and, and, you know, through our baptism, we get that grace, yeah. you know, because we're adopted into the, the kingdom of God through priest, prophet, and king. But how easily that's broken mm-hmm. and how easily we forget that we are part of that royal kingdom. And so I don't, like, I don't know if you wanted to share a little bit about, like, the beauty of the heart in this moment. And what does it mean to kind of receive uh, through that heart of flesh? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is we need to allow ourselves to be able to receive and to be able to let ourselves be loved 
um, because sometimes in that woundedness, yeah, we, we tend to, um, we want to put walls up and not let others see us. Um, but part of the, the biggest thing um, for being a daughter is to be loved and to be seen and to be known. This just makes me think of my own daughter, Mary Trez. You can definitely tell that she wants all these things because half the time when she's doing something, she'll look over at me and Jason and be like, oh my gosh, did mom and dad see what I was doing? And do they think I was funny? Or, you know, little stuff like that. Or, um, you know, last night she was having a teething episode in the middle of the night and we were trying everything we could and we gave her some medicine and finally I just cuddled with her for, you know, a good 10 minutes and then she calmed down and the medicine kicked in and she was good enough to go back to sleep, but she needed just that little moment of mama loves me. Everything's going to be okay. You know, my, my mouth is starting to feel better, that kind of a thing. And I, she just needed to be loved through the pain. I, I see it so clearly and so plainly when I look at my daughter, uh, you know, what, what she needs. And in a, in a sense, what all women really long for mm. and need and that's to be loved to be seen and to be known yeah I was just thinking even you know for me or how many times you know when I'm in like a distressful situation or you know I, I, I feel whether maybe I feel lonely or uh, just any turmoil I guess that you would say how much like I would love for somebody to just wrap me up mm-hmm. you know and to just give me a hug or just even just sit with me. Yeah. You know, and it's that, that physical reminder of, I see you, mm-hmm. you know, and that you're cared for and it doesn't matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. Right. I yeah. think that's part of the, the tenderness of our hearts, you know, is that we want to be cared for. And yeah. We want to be protected. I mean, even Eve came out of the side of Adam so that Adam could care for mm-hmm. Eve, right? Under his arm to be protected. Exactly. And so I just, when you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, even now, how there's so many similarities, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. of our needs and what we need um, as daughters, you know, of God. What do we need? Mm-hmm. And as women. And uh, when we talk about being seen, known, and loved, I'm reminded of the passage uh, in St. John's Gospel. Jesus, you know, t- says to Nathaniel, before Philip called you, I saw you. So I just want to read the entire, this little passage here. So it's really St. John's Gospel from chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. But I'm just going to read just a shorter uh, little passage here. And uh, so it starts with, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, referring to Jesus, whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, and whom is no guile? Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I could sit and just reflect on this passage yeah. for a long time. And it actually was... Uh, yeah, it was actually just a gospel passage I, not that long ago, mm-hmm. I think. There's, I want to just pull out like three things here uh, that really kind of stuck out to me and, and obviously share any insight that you have as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I sit here and think to myself, I'm from a very small town, like the population's 
maybe 1500 type of thing. So I'm small little tiny farm town, you know, anyways, in good old northeastern Ohio. And so I think to Can myself, good come out of Ohio. I know. Let's okay, okay. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Good things can come out of Ohio. Hello, look at me. Come on. I almost didn't catch that. So but can anything good come out of this little town that I'm from? So how many times do we look at Jesus, you know, and say, Well, what good can you do for me? Or what good can even come from me? Mm-hmm. Not only, you know, Jesus, well what good can you do for me, but what good can even come out of me? Yeah. You know? Because we start to think about all of the things that we've done wrong, and we start to, I, I think as women in general, we, we kind of implode on ourselves. Oh, for sure. You know, that we we do something wrong, or we feel a certain way, or maybe we've been hurt by somebody else, and we automatically, it's like we we go into our shell, and we think, nobody can do anything to help me. Mm-hmm. We start to, I think, really isolate ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's something that's we do very well yeah at least i do oh something <laughs> happens to me and hitting, i'm like you're hitting home Woo, you know yeah. and so i don't I, I think that you know how many times do we say to jesus what good can you do for me mm-hmm. because we're afraid to trust yeah because at least for me the minute i my heart gets broken or i get hurt by someone like a, a thick wall goes up oh yeah same and I mean, even for me, just as an introvert, it takes me a while to want to open up to people mm-hmm. and to trust people, but even more so when I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. So I've always asked the question, what good can come from me mm-hmm. in all my brokenness? Especially since the healing conference I went to, mm-hmm. I've been asking that question, okay, well, what good can come from me if I look back at all this brokenness? Mm-hmm. But then Jesus saying, I want to heal, you know? Yeah. And I think we also judge ourselves. Like, we're just, we're so harsh in ourselves. Oh, for sure. I know, at least that's the same for me, so. And then the second thing I wanted to point out is uh, where Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. Like, come and see. You know, Nathaniel's questioning what's going on. You know, is this really Jesus? And Nathaniel just says, come and see. Mm-hmm. You know, and how often does Jesus extend an invitation for us to just come? Mm-hmm. Just just to come uh, to see the mercy flowing from his heart, mm-hmm. right? Or to come and see the wounds, right? To gaze upon him. And I, I think we get afraid. Mm-hmm. I think we get afraid to look on him who is pierced, you know? Joseph Ratzinger, um, we'll quote him again. Well, we won't quote him, but we'll throw out another book. And I might have referenced this in another podcast, an earlier episode. Uh, but his book, Behold the Pierced One. Mm-hmm wrecked me because it's all about looking upon him who is pierced mm-hmm. you know and how many times do we shy away from an invitation to look at Jesus um, in all of his like wounds yeah when here we are we're being you know we're wounded mm-hmm. we may be bleeding out yeah and we can't even look on the one who is the divine healer so that I, that stuck out to me, you know, come mm-hmm. and see, you know, the inside of his heart, you know, that's so sacred and holy. Yeah. So, and then the third thing that stuck out to me in this passage was, uh, I saw you, or Jesus says, I saw you. Mm-hmm. And this is probably, you know, one of the greatest things that people want, you know, to be seen, to be recognized. Um, and I think it's, there's a deep desire for that, at least in my heart, I noticed that there's mm-hmm. a deep desire. And uh, 
just really to be seen in our beauty. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like if anything resonated with you throughout that, those were just my three things. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think a couple of things um, kind of stuck out to me was, you know, when you were saying what good can come out of me um, and in the brokenness that we can feel in, in that way, because I can't even tell you, I remember saying to Jason when we first met you uh, and we were getting to know you and I really felt this good connection, good friendship growing. And I just remember saying to him, I hope she's not like all the other friendships that I've had in the past because so many of the people that I thought were my friends ended up breaking my heart. Mm. Um, And so that wall goes up Mm. and you immediately are like, well, can I trust this person? Mm. Can I trust Emma? Can I let her in? Can I let her be a friend? Or is she going to hurt me? Just Mm. like everybody else has in my entire life. Mm. Well, not everybody else, but a good majority of people. Um, And so that's a big thing is, yeah, when we get hurt, we want to put that wall up and Jesus wants to break them down Mm -hmm. and show us that he isn't like all the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, you know, I, I saw you is another big thing. We want to be seen. I remember another time saying to Jason, actually before we were dating, right before we started dating, we were at a bonfire. And one of the things that I, because we were kind of sharing a little bit, and one of the things that I remember saying to him was, I want a man to see me for who I really am. Mm. And not just you know, the quirky parts or, you know, think that I'm weird or, you know, whatever. Um, and apparently Jason almost said, do you think I'm that man? But he didn't. <laughs> would have man, changed Jason. Would have changed the course of things a little bit. Oh. But And that was, like I said, right before we started dating. And, and it's a core desire is, you know, we want to be seen. Uh, it's so big. I feel like when we put those walls up, we're almost doing ourselves in because then we can't be seen. Mm-hmm. But because we've been hurt, we try to be stoic and not show those vulnerable sides to who we are. I'm not going to give that person the benefit of seeing that they have hurt me mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not even going to give them the benefit of seeing if they do ever hurt me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to hold them off from the very beginning kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we do that with others, we do that with God. Exactly. You know. The minute we start to put a wall up towards others, we put a wall up towards towards God. Where when He so desperately just wants to touch that part of our heart, you yeah. know, that part that has been rejected, that part that has been uh, abandoned, mm-hmm. you know, by other people. I've had people hurt me. I've had people abuse. Like when I've opened up and shared my heart, I've had people abuse that, mm-hmm. and and it's been painful. It's it's so painful, and I sit there and think. I'm never trusting anybody again. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm never opening my heart again because I shared just, like, that deep part of my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was turned around and used for abuse. Yeah. And and hurt. And what that does is to my identity Yeah, as a daughter, it makes me think, well, I'm not worthy enough to be loved by anybody if this is how then people are going to treat me which thus well I'm not then worthy enough for for God to to love me you know but at the same time we need to be brave enough to open ourselves Mm -hmm. up to him to Mm -hmm. be able to receive love from him 
so that we can in turn love him and love mm-hmm. others around us. Mm-hmm. Because women are the heart of of society, of the family. We really bring love and compassion to those around us when we let ourselves. It's like, oh God, beyond all praising says, then hero, gracious savior, accept the love we bring. Oh, that song. It kills me. Okay, can we just talk about this song for two seconds? Actually, it's going to be longer than that. (laughs) This is my, okay, oh God, beyond all praising is my all-time favorite hymn. Same. And when I can play it on the organ, like when I get a chance to sit on it, like on the bench of an organ and play that, I just, the joy that wells up with inside my heart, I cry. Oh, we, we played that. That was the recessional hymn at our wedding, and Jason and I were like belting it walking down the aisle. Well, yeah. It was amazing. I, anytime I hear those first two notes, mm-hmm. it's like I can feel the joy welling up oh, in yeah. my gut. Oh, for sure. And then I just start crying. As I'm singing and I can't stop smiling and then people are looking at me like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you guys have no idea. (laughs) Oh, we sang this, I think, like the first mass that I had gotten back to after I had delivered the twins and had COVID and all of that. You sent me a picture. (laughs) But we started singing, you know, oh, God be all and all praising. We worship you today. And all I could think about was the past month that my family had gone through with Mm -hmm. delivering the twins and me having COVID. And I was just like, and here I am able to be back in church worshiping. And I just was, I was so happy. I I teared up. (laughs) And I was so mad I was not there. (laughs) But I will say there are a couple other songs that have the same thaxed melody line. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the musicians like to trick me. Mm-hmm. So I may hear the opening. It was like, yes, this is oh God beyond all praising. And then it's like, oh, spirit all embracing. Or yeah. there's another one about the cross. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so then I am not happy. But anyways, I do enjoy when I get to play it on the organ. But anyways, back to the, the line, then hero, gracious savior, accept the love we bring. Yeah. You know. And that's, a, that's part of our giving. Because we want to be accepted in mm-hmm. that giving. So I, I appreciate what you said, though. Like the, the, the female, the women, we are the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we are that tender, loving, motherly care. Mm-hmm. But we can't do that if, we, uh, we're, if we're really wounded or if we are afraid to give of ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think it, it looks different, at least for both of us, just in the state of our lives right now, mm-hmm. you know, and in um, and, and living it out in our vocations, right? Yeah. You know, um, I wouldn't necessarily, I mean, I'm living a state of life. I wouldn't say that I've committed to a vocation as of yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you have committed to the vocation of marriage. And so how do you live that out within your marriage? Like, how do you lift this idea of free to get free to receive, you know, sharing your heart? And really being the hearts of your family. Like, how do you live that out in your vocation? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely had to allow myself to heal before I could receive Jason's mm-hmm. love. Um, I had to accept that, yes, I was loved by him. Um, and, yes, I was worthy to be loved by him. There's this great book that I um, have been reading. It's called The Authentic Catholic Woman by Genevieve Kanaki, I think is how you say your last name. But... Uh, At one point it says, This restoration of authentic feminine dignity must have as its foundation a way of living for women that is based on certain truths about their vocation. If this foundation is based on externals, on a shallow understanding of woman's worth, 
on false definitions of love or on humanly constructed stereotypes. Women will not be able to stand against the lies and temptations that challenge them on a constant basis. And I think that's what we're really dealing with in our woundedness is the lies of, of Satan. I had to accept at the beginning of our relationship before we got married that I was enough. And the one thing that really has helped me throughout the years is Isaiah 43, 4. Mm. For you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I would give nations for you and peoples in exchange for your life. And I think that that was a starting point, reading that scripture for the very first time. And then God used Jason as a kind of catalyst to help in that healing. And the funny thing is, the name Jason means healing. You know, Leroy Jethro Gibbs in NCIS rule number 39 there are no such thing as coincidences. God incidences. Right. Okay, sorry. He helped me heal from that negative self-image that I had of myself from, um, you know, both friendships and past um, romantic relationships that I had been in. He helped heal that brokenness. Then I was able to go into my marriage and motherhood so that I could be present for my husband and my children. Mm -hmm. I could be there for them when they needed me. I could offer myself up for them. I could give to them. And it it's really enriching, you know? It's like St. Augustine says, I looked into my deepest wound and was dazzled by your glory. The first time I read that quote, I was like, Oh, man. Who just slain me in the spirit. <laughs> but it's like, it's true. You look into that, that wound and you see Christ there mm-hmm. because he was wounded, you know, in this process of healing. Because that's another thing, too. I think we like to live in our woundedness. We have mm-hmm. to remember that we have to let ourselves be healed as well. We have to experience that healing. We can't live in the past. We can't live in our woundedness. And and as women, we are notorious for that because we want to give. We a lot of times fail to look at ourselves mm-hmm. and take care of ourselves. Yeah. Or that when we do start to take care of ourselves, we think, oh, my gosh, I'm not prioritizing things correctly. Yeah. You know, I need to be giving versus taking care of myself mm-hmm. i'm notorious for that oh for sure yeah like the number of times people say to me you're looking pretty tired yeah like when was the last time you you know did something for yourself and they said it's not you know it's not selfish to do that if mm-hmm. you know, all things in moderation as saint benedict would tell us not pope benedict saint benedict <laughs> and his rule would say all things in moderation right yeah. and that part of that is then taking care of ourselves uh and i think just women are notorious for doing that yeah. for neglecting themselves which yeah. thus controversially like they, they it uh, allows us to live in our wounds not allows us then it forces us to live in our wounds mm-hmm. when we do that but so. yeah we we have to we have to let ourselves be healed mm-hmm. and i remember when we were on our honeymoon in rome we were walking through um saint peter's which was just absolutely amazing and kind of by chance, we came upon the tomb of St. John Paul II. And Jason and I, like with in a month into our relationship, we had decided that John Paul II was going to be the patron saint of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And even now we still ask for his intercession. But we were kneeling there in front of his tomb just thinking about, holy cow, this is where we started. And now here we are in Rome, married, you know, how many times has his intercession helped us in different things in our relationship? Mm. And he has brought us this far with the help of God, you know? 
And so it was like it it made Jason and I cry because here we were, you know, at the tomb of our patron saint. Mm-hmm. And it was just so powerful because mm-hmm. we really felt how much he had been helping us along the way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's a reminder of the power of the intercession of our saints, you know. Yeah, and we yeah. talked about that in the saints episode mm-hmm. too, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, and for me, the healing has, ha- I've had a lot, work a lot through, like, the, the healing of self-image, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. Because growing up, I wasn't necessarily, and still to this day, I'm not necessarily a, a super girly girl, right? I oh, would yeah. much <laughs> rather go play in the mud than, like, I don't know, sew mm-hmm. or anything like that. I, yeah. You know, cook. I don't like to cook. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> other than my peanut butter bars. Mm. That you still haven't made for me? Yeah, you'll be fine. It's fine. Your your patience will reward you great in heaven. Uh, don't give me Are that look. Are there going to be peanut butter bars in heaven? I, yeah, sure. I, think, I hope so. I think Jesus, Father Kevin's given us a thumbs up. Okay, thanks, yeah. Father. Yeah. He's the fact checker for this episode. <laughs> yeah, totally, 100%. So anyways, <laughs> but I've had to do that healing of, of like, the self-image and, mm-hmm. and because... You know, because I wasn't the stereotypical, like, girly girl, like, Mm -hmm. wearing makeup by the age of, like, however old you are in third grade or whatever, you know, like. (sighs) Dang, girl. Well, I, like, or fourth grade, whatever, whenever, like, girls really started to wear makeup or whatever. And I I was was just like. I was as well, so. (laughs) I'm like, I have no interest in this. All of my cousins, like, my age were boys. And so Mm -hmm. we were out playing football, you know, we were building things with Legos or, you know, monster trucks or whatever. That's what we did, you know. And I realized that there were others that were just pushing me away Mm -hmm. because of that, you know. And and so it was just that healing of that Mm self-image and and really, I guess, just cursing my body and just not understanding, like, why I was so self-conscious about the way I looked. And I'm also, I'm tall, too. Yeah. And that was also a big thing, too, because I just, ever since I was little, I was always taller than other girls. And I towered above them. Yeah, and so I know. That, okay, <laughs> yeah, prime example. Uh, but that also made me self conscious because mm-hmm. I wanted to fit in. Yeah, you know, and so I just with all of these years of just hating the way that I looked and hating my body because of the way that others treated me or things like that. Yeah. That that really put a wound mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. That and for me, for God to be able to see me in that is just like that was hard for me to get through yeah like it was hard for me to say like yeah okay god like i guess you know i really am your daughter (laughs) but how can you love me in the middle of all of this brokenness Mm -hmm. all of this hatred towards myself uh and it just really wanting to to be someone that i wasn't you know Mm -hmm. and that took a lot um to kind of work through uh, and it really was only just a few years ago that I had a breaking point with that and and uh, allowing God to, to heal that, you know, and, and recognizing like, no, wow, Jesus, you really do see me uh, and you love me who I am, right? Yeah. And uh, just the miraculous healing that has happened in that. And I mean, it's still, it's still a work in progress, right? Mm-hmm. But I would say compared to where I was even six, seven years ago, it leaps and bounds mm-hmm. better, which then allows me to receive other people, mm-hmm. you know, and it allows me to give life to other people in a deeper way, too, mm-hmm. because of that healing, because my heart has been made more human 
more fleshy, you know. Yeah. Um, and to live is to be more human, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think that was one way in which God's really trying to heal me and just learning how to allow myself to be protected by the Father. Yeah. You know, uh, because I like to think that I'm pretty independent, you know, like I'm single, you know, I live on my own. I, I do my own thing. I have a job. I do other things. I mean, this, you know. How many people just, you know, chill around recording podcasts, you know, but I like to think that I'm pretty independent. And, um, and when I ask others for help, I feel like it's a burden. Oh, yes. And I think that that's that rejection. I think that goes back to uh, the wounds of rejection and abandonment that I've felt um, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And just, okay, oh my gosh, like, even if I ask somebody for a little bit of their time, or like, hey, do you want to go do this or do you want to go get coffee or maybe go to a movie or go hiking or something that I feel like that's a burden uh, to others. Yeah. And, you know, Father Mike Schmitz actually has a really good saying about, you know, feeling like you are a burden because I am right there with you with feeling like a burden at, at some at some points. But he says you are a burden worth loving. Mm. And oftentimes when I'm feeling like I'm a burden, Jason will remind me of of that. That mm. I am a burden worth loving, mm-hmm. because yes, sometimes it may be a burden, but that doesn't mean that we're not worthy of love, or it's, it doesn't mean that someone doesn't actually want to spend time with us either. Mm-hmm. It's just what what is the situation at that point in time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that goes back to you know we we like to give as women, and mm-hmm. so then we when we ask for help or we ask. To do something with someone else that's like us taking care of ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something for me. And again, that that barrier to being able to receive others, you know, to receive the love of others. And so I I realized that that I've had to work through that, Mm -hmm. like I'm not a burden to other people. Yeah. uh, And that other people probably welcome, you know, the invitation Mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, and so I've had to work on just surrendering myself to, to that protection and to that redemption healing of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, and then eventually just through prayer, being able to see me as God sees me and his love, you know, that I never thought was possible. It, when, when I allowed God to love me, probably for the first time in my life, you know, it wasn't just like, a, oh, yeah, Jesus, I know you love me. But it was, a, wow, like my daughter, I love you. Mm-hmm. And, and that would just, I mean, that happened probably five or six years ago, I would say, probably five years ago, mm-hmm. just realizing that and just sobbing mm-hmm. and feeling for the first time in my life like I was wrapped in the arms of the Father. Mm-hmm. And how that has drastically uh, changed the way that I view myself as woman mm-hmm. and living out the feminine genius of yeah. being able to give and to receive to others. Mm-hmm. Um and what does that look like in vocational discernment as well? So uh, it's not easy, but by golly, it's beautiful. So Yeah, for sure. But and the, the healing journey in and of itself is not easy. Mm-hmm. So, But we, yeah. like I said earlier, earlier, we have to allow ourselves to be healed. Mm-hmm. It might not be easy, but it's worth it in the end. Right, right. Man, I feel like we could sit here and talk for hours on this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But just, I guess, to, to wrap up and maybe revisit just a couple of the things. And, you know, as as women, we're, we're called to be free to give, free to receive. And, and that's, uh, I mean, men are called to do that as well. But it looks different, right? Mm-hmm. And we are called to give life 
but we are also to receive life and mm-hmm. to receive love. And our wounds, things that have happened in our past, um, maybe how people have rejected us or how we view ourselves, especially I think body image and self-image is, mm-hmm. is a huge thing amongst women and how that can push people away. And so I think that that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. And so just allowing the Father to love us, you know, to, to be as, you know, Jesus saying to Nathaniel, I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's just a passage of scripture to pray with, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus, where is it that I need you to see me and point those out Yeah, uh, so that I may be able to have that fleshy heart to give life and to receive life and to give love and to receive love yeah. from others. So that's just a bare introduction to this whole idea of the feminine genius. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Anyways, well, why don't we go ahead and wrap up? What are your, what's your, I should say, one joy? Or do you have multiple? I only have one. Okay. Okay. What's your one joy? So, um, this past weekend, uh, we actually went up north to Roger City with my family. And we went to this apple orchard called Navy's. And uh, it was just, it was so much fun to see Mary Trez running around and playing with her cousins and we got some pizza and some apple cider, and I mean, it's a long trip up there, but it was it was any a good sparkling trip. Sparkling water? Did you get any sparkling water? No. Man. Okay. But uh, we did stop along the way in Mayo um, at some of the Amish stores up there and got some spices. And Jason was super excited because we were able to find some ground salt that was like this massive package for you know not a lot of money at all. So it was great. I guess the little things in life that excite you, like ground well, salt. Well, we had gotten this salt grinder for our wedding, and we, we like Himalayan salt, but we were never able to find any that was, like, not ground up yet. Yes, I know. I use it when I come over for dinner. Yeah. Right. So we found this massive bag of not ground Himalayan salt, so we can actually put it in our salt grinder and use it. I'm pretty sure that was his favorite part of the day. Wouldn't surprise me. Knowing Jason, that wouldn't surprise me at all. What about you? What was your one joy? Do you want to take a guess? Well, I'm actually looking at the show notes, <laughs> so I can I can take a guess. Oh, God, beyond all praising. It is, that's my one joy, <laughs> is the song, Oh, God, beyond all praising. There's one line in there that kind of makes me squirm a little bit, but... Uh, it's a little heretical. It's, well, yeah, but... The rest of the song is great. So it that's is. my one choice, just reflecting on the words. So God beyond all praising. I agree. Um, that's a good one. So that's that's my one joy. So anyways, we'll end with a glory be. Uh, but just a quick wrap up. You know, if you follow us on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Stitcher or SoundCloud, you know, give us a like, give us a rating, share it with all of your peeps, your friends, especially share it with everyone in Ohio because, come on, go Bucks, right? <sighs> Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. No, okay. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Go blue. No. <laughs> nope. Okay. O H. No. I O. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thanks for continuing on the journey with us. Until next time, find your one joy and allow Jesus to heal those wounds. God bless. God bless.